Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Amen. Um, Yeah, he wants it all. There's a price that has been paid and he requires that we give it all to him. Um, Titus, the message is every part of every part of you. He wants it all. Uh, we're going to be coming from Mark 12:28 through 30, and uh, which is Deuteronomy 6:49. This is what Jesus is quoting here. Uh, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them uh, a good answer, and he asked him, "Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most, the most important one," answered Jesus, "is this: Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God." Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And this is also from Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Here is the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give to you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames or your houses and on your gates. And I wonder why in Deuteronomy he gives you all these things of what you should do. Uh, I think it's because we so easily forget (laughs) And so he wanted them to be everywhere that you went so that you would remember the main thing being the main thing, which is him. Um, so looking back, this is a, a season. Uh, uh, well, first of all, Merry Christmas and uh, thank you all for your prayers. Um, we do appreciate it. I knew 2020 would not want to leave us alone. Uh, it's been a, a year, uh, but uh, some of you didn't know we were hit with COVID. Uh, I was sick with it first, and then I passed it to my wife and my daughter. My son somehow escaped its grasp. <laughs> uh, but um, it, it, was, it was a blessing because we did not have to go to the hospital, but uh, we were able to quarantine at home. Uh, my s- wife and daughter lost their smell and taste. I lost my smell, smell, a sense of smell. I have not received that back, so if you smell bad, I can't smell you. So that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> But nonetheless, I am praying that Lord will restore completely. Uh, I think my daughter has completely got hers back. My wife uh, is a little, her smell and taste is still a little dulled or muted. Uh, but we are on the mend, and God is continuing to bless us in 2020. Uh, you know, it's, it's during this time when we reflect on the end of the year and you're looking at the year upcoming, it's easy to look back and uh, I don't know about you guys, but it's been a long, long year. Um, you know, <laughs> it's been a long year. I lost an aunt in February, and then towards the end of February was when I went and had to be hospitalized because of the infection in my knee and had to be out of work for uh, several, um, eight weeks because of the infection and had to get antibiotics every day. Um, then I lost a, a cousin. I lost, my aunt lost her husband in the, during the summer months. Um, and then I'll, my dad passed in September. Um, 
yeah, it's been a long year. <laughs> and then we end up with COVID. And uh, and then there's, a you know, of course, the pandemic that's going on and the election was crazy. And, uh, you know, sometimes when trials happen, it reveals some things about you. The good and the bad, right? <laughs> Uh, and so in reflecting on this year, uh, it reveals some things. I'm not going to say they're all about me, but uh, <laughs> I saw some selfishness, some fear, some doubt. Uh, saw lack of love for my neighbor. And again, this is just not me, but this is what I witnessed it just in 2020 uh, in my community, in the world, uh, in this country. Um, lack of love for our neighbors. Having more faith in worldly systems than in God. Isn't that true? We put a lot of faith in this world system uh, and not that same amount of faith in God. Uh, So some ungratefulness, uh, trying to be more independent when God requires us to be dependent on him. Um, Just because I didn't experience something doesn't mean that it didn't happen or it doesn't exist. Isn't that that was revealed a lot to me this year uh, that. Uh, we disqualify other people's experiences just because we don't personally have that experience ourselves. Um, especially when the word says we are to <laughs> love one another and uh, put our brothers ahead of our brothers and sisters ahead of us. Um, we have to be able to show compassion and empathy. Um, and my perspective is not the only perspective. Right? You know, we look at these uh, disciples that were with Jesus, and they all had different perspectives, and we read their stories, and some of them focused on different things, and some focused on other things because of their background or their uh, profession. Um, You know, some things meant more to them than others, but it doesn't mean that it's disqualified because it didn't mean the same for me. Um, No, that's what I, some of the things that I just reflected on. You may reflect on the year, and it may be all positive. Uh, and that's a good thing. It's a blessing. Don't feel bad about that. Uh, but you may reflect on the year and say, God, there, were, there have been some challenges this year. And there's some things that I struggled with and the Lord revealed in me some things that were not good. Uh, and in that revealing, he showed that there were some idols that I had in place uh, that was in the way of me giving my all to him. When you say idols, that seems so harsh, right? When you say, you know, oh, but that's what it is. When we put the world system before God and we put more faith in that system, that's an idol. Uh, When we put more faith in our friendships or in political parties or in our own feelings, we put it, we set up an idol. We're now worshiping that thing. That thing is greater than God uh, in our lives and it has become an idol. I know it's gonna be it's not gonna be all rosy this in uh, last Sunday, <laughs> but I want us to go into the next year all in. Because if nothing if nothing else was revealed in this year, I think that it revealed that we're not all in. We're not all in. We're all in to some other stuff, but we're not all in to Him. And that's what he desires. He wants us to be all into him. He said, you know, what is the most important commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. That means you've got to be all in. You can't be lukewarm. You can't be straddling the fence. You can't be half in the world and half outside the world. You can't be half at your, 
You have to be all in. We have to be committed. Heart, not just part of your heart, but all of your heart. You can't love God at a distance. Uh, not just a piece of your soul. You can't keep your worldly desires or some of them and give some of your soul to them. You can't keep your stinking thinking and you don't give him all of your mind. And you can't have the, uh, the model that I'm grown and I can do what I want when you give him all your strength. Uh, this covers every part of us, our inner man, our strength, our body. He wants all of us. But we have formed these idols or strategies of commitment avoidance, is what I'll call it. We have learned so well how to avoid being fully committed. We know God wants us all, but we will give, but will we give ourselves fully to him? We look for ways to keep control of our lives. I'm guilty of that. I want to control what goes on and want to know what's going to happen. You know, that's just, maybe it's just me. I don't know if it's you guys as well, but when things happen, and I'm I'm a pretty laid back, easygoing person, so if something happens out in the ordinary, I can pretty, I can take it okay. But I still like to know. I feel a little bit off by it, and I'm put off by it. Some people don't like it at all, and they lose their marbles. But I don't go that far, but it's like, oh, I wish that didn't happen. Um, I wish I hadn't got COVID and been out for, you know, had a quarantine in my bedroom for so many days. And, uh, you know, you wish that hadn't happened. But, you know, the Sunday before, I preach don't end everything, give thanks, right? <laughs> and he will test what you preach. So the, thanks, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, I preached on and everything, give thanks, or been having a thankful life. And then Wednesday, I got COVID. <laughs> Thursday, I tested positive for COVID. He has a way of testing. Are you going to be thankful in this moment? And so he reminded me of that, that message so soon after. Uh, but strategies for uh, commitment avoidance. We give God the good stuff. We give God the stuff that doesn't require sacrifice. Say. You know, so for some of us, it may be easy to honor our parents because they were good to us. You know, that, that may be something that doesn't require a sacrifice. Or to honor your friends or to put your, your good friend above, uh, ahead of yourself. You know, that's easy to do. But love my enemies who harm me, who slander me, and threaten to kill me. No way. But the word requires to be all in. So we can't just do the good and say I'm sacrificing when I honor my mother and father. It's not a sacrifice. You're going to do it anyway because they were good to you, you know. That's, that's easy. <laughs> but the sacrifice is when people mean me harm and want to do me wrong, that I love them. Am I, is this just me? Okay, maybe it's just me. <laughs> God even wants what seems to be difficult for you to give back to him. He can still do the impossible. And those things that you seem, that seem to you to be impossible, there's no way that God literally meant for me to love my enemy. But he did. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> he majors in the impossible. So what is impossible in your own strength, in your own might, or in your own heart, he can do. We give God the stuff that makes us look good. So to be honest, be, let's be um 
being honest makes us look good because uh, it may be hard, but it will give us a good reputation. So, yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, when God asked me to share my faith with my coworkers, hmm, I don't know about that because that may embarrass me. That doesn't necessarily make me look good. That doesn't necessarily improve my reputation. Actually, it may offend people and make me look bad. But I'm doing it for who? Him. And if he requires me to do that, then that's what I have to do. I'm all in on this. I'm not a Christian on Sundays and maybe Saturday and Monday, and then my Wednesdays I'm all out and, you know, I'm living a righteous life. No. I'm all in all the time. We give the religious stuff and keep the rest of the stuff to ourselves. So I'll pray. I'll go to church. And if you're in the South, that, you're not really doing anything new if you're going to church because everybody uh, south of uh, the Mason-Dixon line goes to church for the most part. <laughs> it's just the culture. One of the, one of the cu- questions that you ask when you go to a city that you and you, when I moved here, is what church you go to? Because the assumption is everyone goes to church, whether you save or not, whether you know Christ or not. You go to church because that's what we do. And so we will give him that, but uh, will we let God control who I date, who I marry, my sex life, what career I have, how I run my business, what I do with my money? Will we do that? You can have me going to church. Yeah, I go to church. I do my religious obligations. But will you control, will I let the Lord control my private life? Hmm. That's good stuff, y'all. It's good, good for me. I don't know. It's good. Stepping on my, t- stepping on my toes all, all this week. <laughs> Will uh, God wants to control your private life, every aspect of your life, every aspect. I cannot <laughs> list them all, but every aspect of your life, He wants to control. And will you give it to Him? We give God the stuff that doesn't take much faith. Yes, I would serve God here and there when it comes to living, leaving my, but when it comes to leaving my family or the Lord tells me to move to a different city, the Lord tells me to change a career, or when I lose my job, will I give him that? Will I trust him to see me through that situation? Not a chance, man. I got, I know what I need to do to get by, you know. So I work my own strength and my own will and do and hustle to make what I need to do. But when the Lord says, give it to me, let me see me move in your life. If you would just give it to me instead of plotting the plan and figuring it all out for yourself and doing it for yourself, give it to him and let him work that out. God wants you to love him even when it stretches you to the breaking point. Beyond what your faith can think or imagine. That's that's hard to do. Because sometimes if we can't see it, then we feel like it can't be done. And so we only do what we can see. That makes more sense to us. But we we are faith beings. We live by faith and not by sight. So a lot of times, almost all the times, you can't see it. You won't see it. He won't even let you see it sometimes when it's right there in front of you. We have to believe him. I have to be all in in this life 
with him. We give stuff to God um, when the giving is easy. We give of ourselves when the circumstances are conducive. Sure, I'll give some offerings. I'll do pretty well now. But give sacrificially when I have trouble paying my bills? No way. Another example is sure, I will praise you when my life is easy and comfortable. And praise you when I'm sick, disabled, poor. Certainly not. That becomes more difficult, right? You know, we live a comfortable middle class life, and so giving can be easy, and that has not always been the case for myself. But um, it's easy to give when you, you know, have the money. But it's difficult when you're looking at, am I going to eat this week or give my tithes and offerings? That makes a difference. That's, that's, when, it, <laughs> that's when the rubber meets the road. <laughs> that's when you know you all in. It's easy to give when you have extra funds. Uh, but when am I going to believe God that he's going to pay my rent and see me through uh, my mortgage the next month? Or I'm going to take this and I don't know because I don't see how I'm going to do it. So I'm going to pay, pay my bills and let God work it out. That's how we rationalize that. God wants all of you all the time, not just when it's convenient or easy for you. And then finally, we give God the bad stuff in our lives. Huh. Don't we all forever? Our problems, our crises, most of us, I can't say all of us, uh, our needs. Sure, God, take all that stuff and fix it. And then when you fix it, bring it back so I can live a comfortable life. Um, we become complacent and half-heartedly committed, just like we always have. But God wants my career, my resources, my creativity, my best times and focus. No way. To give you all, he wants it all, but are we going to really give him everything? And that's what I think he's requiring us in this season moving into next year, that he wants you to be all in. I heard, I was listening to a message earlier this week, and he said, you know, oh, it was a pastor doing an interview on a podcast, and he said, you know, it would be great to have, you know, thousands of members. He said, to be honest, I just need a few members that are all in, and we can change the world. That's all you need. <laughs> if you have, <laughs> Jesus only had 12 fully committed to the cause. Are you all in? Or are you, I don't know, I'll come when I want to, and I'll miss when I want to miss, you know, I give when I want to give. Is God demanding too much when he requires that we give our all? Well, God is only asking for what is rightfully his. Psalms 95 and 5 says, Come, let us sing uh, to, for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him. With music and song, for the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth, and the mountains and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his. He made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. And Psalms 103 says, uh, he is God. He has made He has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and sheep of his pasture. When you make something, 
right? It's yours. So you can do with it what you want. Or even when you buy something, you didn't have to make it. If you just bought something, then you, it's yours. And he bought us, right? He's paid a price. And so if we're his, we belong to him, not ourselves. That's what the word says. And so it should be, uh, he's not requiring too much when he requires all of you. Because when you buy something, it's yours. I don't buy something and say, well, I'm going to use part of it and then I'm, uh, I'm sharing part of it. No, it's mine. I bought it. I paid my money for it. You know, you might have got a gift. Even if you, someone gifted you something, right? It's yours. You can do it if you want. You can wear it. You can not wear it. You can utilize it. You can put it on the shelf for a little while. You can take it out. It is yours to do what you want. And that's what God is saying. We are his to do what he wants. And that requires a level of faith, a level of love, uh, a commitment that says, even though I've been harmed by my earthly beings, I'm going to put that aside and give my all to God. Because that can be scary, right? Because we've been hurt. You know, we've, we've experienced disappointment. We've experienced fr- frustration with people we know. And then maybe even disappointed with think that God didn't, we felt like God didn't do something we expected him to do. But we have to be all in, fully committed. I can't, he, he made me, I'm his. I can't do anything without him. So I gotta, I gotta be all in for him. First uh, Corinthians 6 says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were, what? Bought with a price. (laughs) Therefore, honor God with your bodies. You know, we purchased some things. I'm sure you you purchased some things. And maybe even this week for for uh, Christmas and you gave to someone or you purchased it for yourself. You can do with it what you want. And God has purchased you. He can do with you what he wants. And finally, Jeremiah 10, 23 says, Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It is not for them to direct their steps. That's a good word right there. It is not for us to direct our steps. It is for him. He wants it all. Um, we're gonna, I think we're going to end here. I have, I have some more to do, but I think I'm going to do this story and then that'll be it and then maybe I'll do um, a continuation of this the next time uh, he wants it all so let's look at Luke 18 18 through 29 um, Luke 18 18 through 29 and it reads a certain ruler asked him good teacher what must I do to inherit eternal life what do you call why do you call me good <laughs> Jesus answered no one is good except God alone you know, Jesus tried to be real. You know, I could side out Jesus sometimes because he didn't ask you. He asked you, what must you do to have eternal life, good teacher? And he's going to focus on why did you call me good? Come on, man. Just answer the question already. But, you know, I ain't going to say that to Jesus because he might do something to me. But uh, <laughs> but that's how, that's just me. That's my inner monologue. That's how I go through the word. It's okay. Uh, no one is good except God alone. All right, we know that, Jesus. Uh, you know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder 
You shall not steal. You shall not uh, give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother. And then he says, all these things I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it? How hard is it for a rich man, for for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Mm. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Because I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> if it's difficult, who can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Because he didn't say that it was impossible. He just said it is difficult because of all the things that you've accumulated, all that wealth. And I would propose to you that uh, even though some of you may say, well, I'm not wealthy monetarily, we are wealthy with idols in our lives. <laughs> we have so many things that we put before God. And if we don't get rid of those things, we don't get rid of that wealth, we don't throw those things down, then we will not be able to. It will be more difficult for us, just as that camel, to enter in the eye of the needle. And, and the eye of the needle was an opening in the gate. And so the camel had to get really low to get through that opening in the gate because it looked like an eye of the needle. It was like a little circle. Some of you can Google how that looks. But, um, and so what is representing is that you will have to get really low to enter in. That's what he's saying. As a rich person, you have to, be, you have to humble yourself uh, to enter in. Uh, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, we, and Peter, got, Peter uh, I think, got a little worried because he's like, hey, I've given up everything for this. Wait a minute now. <laughs> Peter says to him, we have left all we have to follow you. So I hope you're not telling me that now I can't get in because <laughs> I've left everything to follow you, Jesus. And, and Jesus says, truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents, or children for the sake of the kingdom will fail to receive many times as much in this age, which is a good word right there, and in the age to come, eternal life. So he's saying that you will receive now and in eternal life. And I don't think you have to, well, you, you just have to be willing. When you're sold out, nothing else matters, basically. Not my children. You're not, no, you're not going to stop me from entering heaven. You're not going to get me off track. Not your brother, not your sister, not your mother, not your father. You still want to honor them, but they're not, they're not going to be idols in your life. They're not going to be before God. Their problems and their issues, you're going to pray for them, but they're not going to distract you from where God has called you to be and call you what he's called you to do. And it's important for us to keep that in perspective. That nothing, nothing is more important than God. Nothing. Sometimes we can look at our children or our grandchildren and be worried and concerned and, and want to do so much. And I don't have grandchildren. I just have children. Um, <laughs> but I uh, want to do so much. But God is saying, I'm in control. 
And all you need to focus on is Jesus. You seek these things, <laughs> seek him, his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. I like the commentary on this uh, passage of scripture that Matthew Henry uh, commentary says, and I'm going to read this. It says, so this ruler could not bear Christ's terms, which would part between him and his estate, so all his wealth. Many who are loathed to leave Christ, many loathe to leave Christ, yet they leave him. After a long struggle between their convictions and their corruptions, the corruptions, corruptions carry the day. They are very sorry that they cannot serve both, but if one must be quitted, it shall be their God and not their worldly deeds. That's sad. That we will give up on God instead of parting with our worldly deeds, with our worldly gain, with our worldly perspective, with the idols in this world. We, will, we are married to them and will want them more than we want God. And we will so easily give up on God and leave the church and leave, fam- leave that for worldly position and leave all that stuff for God. Their boasted obedience will be found mere outside show. The love of the world in some form or other lies at the root. Men are apt to speak too much of what they have left and lost, of what they have done and suffered for Christ, as Peter did. He was more concerned about what he had left, and not more concerned about what he had gained following Jesus. Isn't that most important that anything that I left behind, I got Jesus. Sometimes we don't see it that way. We are so married to what we left. And we speak so lovingly about all the things that we left behind. And really, it doesn't matter because I have Jesus. And so that's all I need. But we should rather be ashamed that there has been any regret or difficulty in doing so. That's where we should be ashamed. That it was difficult in leaving all that stuff for Jesus. He is everything. And when you're sold out, you realize that you can do nothing without him and he can supply all your needs in this age and in the age to come. Sometimes, um, let me see, yeah, I'm going to stop here, but yeah. Sometimes um, I saw an example which is, was really good and maybe um, we'll talk a little bit about it next time, but he wants us to be all in. And just to, to recap, he is requiring at this time for you to be sold out for him. I don't know what 2021 holds. I don't claim to know all the ins and outs of what will come, but I do know that uh, it is going to require me to be all sold out for him, no matter what happens can't be tossed to and fro about the pandemic or about the election or the past election or the new president or worried about what the world will do and what, I don't know. I am sold out for him. And I'm more concerned about what the church is going to do. What is the church, what is the church going to say? How, where is the church standing in this? Where is the power of the church when it comes to these issues that the culture is dealing with? That, that is what my concern is, not what this system says versus this system. They're all going to hell. They'll burn up. 
uh, and smoke. I didn't mean to say it like that, but it does the truth. <laughs> it's all going to burn. It's all going to burn. And what will stand is him. And when you're sold out for him, none of that other stuff is going to matter. Um, we don't want to be found counterfeit. Uh, that's my example. Um, you know, to look, you get counterfeit money, and sometimes you have to pull, look up to the light, right, to see if it's real or not. And so God is going to pull you and put you to the light to see he sees the image that makes you real or not. Because what do you do with counterfeit money? You throw it away. You're not real. Burn it. <laughs> so it won't be used again. Um, and God, we don't want to be found counterfeit. When he lifts us up to the light, he, we want our, his image to be found in us and not something else that's fake. Amen. He wants it all. Uh, that was Forever Jones, that um, music that we listened to before. Uh, the band, if you want to listen to that again. It's a great song, great worship. Um, but we part with the prayer. Let me pray. Um, dear Lord, we just thank you. Uh, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives and what you're yet to do. We thank you for our hearts changing even now. And I know that some of toiling with Oh, God, I got this to worry about, and I have this concern here, and I don't know if I can give it all. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just come and rush over them like a wind, calm their nerves and ease their pain, and let you know with assurance, let them know with assurance that you are in control and you can handle whatever the problem is. As we give it all to you this year, we go into next year fully committed not wavering in anything. Our faith will be strong and there it will be tested. It will be tested. The enemy will test if you are fully committed. Uh, since you've heard this word, uh, and since I've given this word, he will test me and you as well. And see if you're fully committed. Are you, are you going to, when rubber meets the road, are you going to believe and trust so our prayer is that we are fully committed and that we believe and trust in you, Lord God, and that uh, whatever comes our way, we stand strong and firm in knowing that you have us because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so we just thank you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We praise you. Uh, we're all in. We're all in in this, Lord Jesus. Our heart, mind, soul, our spirit, everything is in. We give it all to you. We want more of you to be revealed in our lives. And so we just thank you and we honor you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.